Welcome to the Connecting Place podcast. Here is Pastor Joe Caminetti. All right, welcome to Believer's Church and welcome to Start Escape Normal. This is lesson two in this series and we had a blast last week and escaping normal is all about you and I not going through the normal course of life that people go through who can't connect with God. And as a church, our vision is to see a city connect with God. That's why we exist. We want to connect people with God. And as we go through life, we have all kinds of problems. All kinds of things happen, as you and I know. And in this series, we're showing you where to start when something's going on in your life that you want to escape. Something's going on in your life that you want God to intervene and God to help you. And we discovered that it all begins with this thing called faith. And faith is how we connect with God. So we're talking about where to start and, and, and what to do. And we have a beautiful story that we're using to teach us and to help us. And whenever I think about faith, there's always extremes. And when I first heard about it, there were a few extremes in my life. And uh, I remember back when I was right at 20, I was 20 years old, I had just accepted Christ and I read a book. And the book that I read was on the subject of faith and how we could use faith to receive things from God. And some of the things that stood out in the book was, number one, that we're redeemed from the curse of the law, and that by the stripes of Jesus, we're healed. And I didn't know what any of it meant, but I just knew I was healed. And then I saw in the book also that if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So I'm really excited, and all kinds of other scriptures to support that. And I'm learning this for the first time. So we're in my dad's basement. And my brother Tony and I uh, are helping him remodel the basement. He's putting some bedrooms down there, a kitchen, a great room. And so we had just put slats on the block walls. And my dad wanted to insulate. So we're using fiberglass insulation. And I'm just, I have shorts on, no shirt, no socks, no shoes. And I'm working down there. And I'm putting the insulation up on the wall and just stapling it. And my dad said, Joe, that's fiberglass. If it touches your skin, you're going to itch like crazy, and it's going to stay for quite a while. And Tony's telling me, yeah, Joe, go, go, get it. go get long sleeves on, get some gloves. And I looked at my dad and Tony, and I said, guys, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. <laughs> and I believe that fiberglass does not make me itch. And my dad said, you're crazy. Tony said, Joe, you're crazy. And I said, guys, I believe that. And I took a piece of fiberglass and I rubbed it on my arms, my chest, my stomach, my legs, and I'm just looking at him saying, I can't itch, man. I, I, I believe that I am healed from itching. And, uh, and so there was a moment in time where they're just watching to see what happens. And if I could have taken a snapshot and then put captions above my dad's head and my, my brother Tony's, I believe the caption above my dad's head was, Jesus didn't take the stupid out of my son. <laughs> And, 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 and I think the caption above Tony would have been something like, um, you know, I didn't think Joe was right about Jesus, but he was right about Jesus. Maybe he's right about this. Let's wait and see. And they're just watching me. I don't know, a minute, 90 seconds. It wasn't long. My skin became on fire. And it's itching everywhere. And I just start scratching. And Tony and my dad fall down laughing. They're laughing at me. I run to a shower, and I'm soaping up and showering, and nothing's helping. And 
I, I just did a dumb thing. A little bit embarrassed. But you know what? People make those kind of mistakes all the time when they learn something in the Bible and you learn something as incredible as this thing called faith. And yet, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. I want to hold on to that which is good and, and I want to learn how to use that which is good. So that's why I'm teaching this series because everything in connecting with God, having a prayer answered in any area of our life begins with this thing called faith. So we're using an incredible event in the Bible with this woman who had an internal bleeding problem and it begins with the, one of the leaders, one of the lead pastors of the church, uh, the Jewish church, just kind of like a person like me, only higher up, and uh, his daughter's dying. She's on a deathbed. And he hears about Jesus, and he comes to Jesus. He said, my daughter's about ready to die. Would you come to my house and pray for her? And Jesus said, absolutely. Jesus had just landed on the shore, uh, and, and tens of thousands of people were there to see him. And he begins to walk with Jairus, and he's walking to his house. The Bible says these people are thronging him. They're all touching him. They all want to touch the rock star, Jesus. And while he's doing that, God shares another event that happened when he's going from point A to B. And that's what we're reading. And there's four principles in here that are incredible. So let's read the story. It says in Mark 5, 25, And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. And historians and experts say it was an internal bleeding problem. She went to the best doctors, spent all her money on that health care, and every year she became worse. That's her normal. The normal for her is I'm going to die. At this point, she's anemic, she's weak, her, her, her lifestyle is a mess, and she's become poor. That's her normal. And the Bible goes on and says this in verse 27, she had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see what, who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Now, I'm going to read the last verse in a moment, but what did she tell him at that moment? She said, Jesus, 12 years, spent all my money on doctors, and I heard you were a healer. I heard that you raised dead people. I heard that you gave sight to blind people. I heard that there was a funeral and a mother was burying her only son and you stopped the procession. The son was already embalmed and you raised him up from the dead and gave him back to his mom alive. I heard you were a healer. So I said, if I can just touch your clothes, just touch your clothes. I don't need you to pray for me. I just can touch your clothes. I'll be made whole. And Jesus heard her say that. She told him what happened. And here's what he said. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. And notice that he didn't say my prayer. He never prayed for her. Here's what's really amazing to me. Thousands of people were touching him and none of them received anything from heaven. None of their prayers, so to speak, were answered. She reaches in and touches him just for a second 
and God goes through that hand and heals her. And it's all because what the Bible says, her faith. Her faith did it. So here's what I emphasize in lesson one. Uh, I, I, just, I emphasize Mark 5.34, and, and he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. And here's what I wanted you to walk out never forgetting. Your faith can change your fate. And her fate was changed, guys. Her fate was, I'm going to die, and I'm going to die painfully, and I'm going to become weaker and weaker and have a terrible lifestyle as, as it goes. And, and, and she escaped normal. How did she do it? She did it by faith. She had no clue what she was doing, but Jesus let her know, your faith healed you. And there's so many incredible things we can learn. I'm going to deal with four principles out of here. We already dealt with one. Your faith can change your faith. Your faith can help you escape normal. And this is not just about healing. Uh, that's not just what this is about. But we will pray for sick people next week. Uh, let me tell you, lesson three is next week. And anybody that wants prayer for anything, sick people included, will be praying for people at the end of service. And we're going to have a great teaching. But if, if you come and you listen and you want prayer, we will pray for you next week. If you know someone that needs prayer, bring them out next week for any area of your life and we'll pray. And if you're the kind of person that says, I don't want to walk up to the front, uh, and we're going to do it in a very nice, discreetful way, you can also just pray from your seat. So make sure you come and you learn what I'm going to teach, because it's a principle that will change your life next week. And then in lesson four, this is going to be really fun. I'm really looking forward to lesson four. It's Super Bowl weekend. I'm going to teach this. And in lesson four, I'm going to deal with prayer failures. What happens when I pray and God doesn't do it? God doesn't help. What, what happens if it doesn't happen immediately? What happens if I have something and I've had 100 people pray for me and I prayed and nothing's ever happened? I'll be really transparent and I'll give you some, some nuggets that will change your life forever. But here's what I want you to see today. We're going to deal with this scripture, Mark 5, 27 and 8. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garments. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I would be made whole. And I'm going to emphasize verse 27. It's an incredible principle. She heard reports about Jesus. And so I titled this lesson today, Start Knowing. Where do you start? Well, last week, start understanding. Understand that your faith can change your faith. Today, it's all about start knowing. Knowing what? getting to know the Jesus of the Bible because he's a lot different than the Jesus a lot of Christians know today. And the Jesus of the Bible is amazing. And you'll walk out of here today understanding him better than you ever have. We're going to have a blast. But she heard all these reports about Jesus. And here's what you want to know when you start hearing things about Jesus. Romans 10, 17 says this. So faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Jesus. That's how I became a Christian. Somebody told me about Jesus and what he did for me, and it produced faith. And I said, Jesus, I love you. I receive you. I call on your name to save me. And it did. The Bible says in the same way you received Christ Jesus, so walk ye in him. And we're just showing you now, this is a lifestyle that you find out what God has done, and you begin to pray with faith to receive those things into your life. And this, this is really important. I want to make sure you understand I believe in the sovereignty 
of God. And for those of you that don't know what that word means and what I'm referring to when I use it in context with the Bible and God, sovereignty of God simply means this. God is God, and he can do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants. I don't believe God's a genie in the lamp that I control. But I do believe this. The sovereign God has made promises to the church, to Christians, and we are allowed to receive the promises that God has made. So he set boundaries. The sovereign God said, Joe, whatever I promised you, you can receive. But you know, the Bible teaches us we receive those things by faith. So I'm not controlling God. I'm just receiving what God already said I could have. And you're receiving what God already said he wants to do for you. And I love what the Bible says in the book of James. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives freely and doesn't hold back. And one translation says he gives it really liberally. He'll just give you all the wisdom you could ever need. So the Bible's letting us know God promised to give us wisdom. And he said, ask for it. The very next verse says this, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for let not that man think he'll receive anything from God. So connection with God is always what? By faith. That means we have to believe that he, what he said is true, and we pray it believing. And we'll talk about that next week. That's what she did when she touched him. So when I talk about faith, that's what I'm referring to. And faith comes by hearing what Jesus said and what Jesus promised. So I want you to walk out of here today, guys, never forgetting this truth. This is an incredible truth. The Jesus you know is the Jesus that shows. <laughs> and it's, it's amazing. We're going to have an incredible time taking a look at this. So here's the first thing I want to do. To, I, I, I want you to walk out never forgetting this. And I want you to walk out believing it. The Jesus you know is the Jesus that shows. In Mark 5, Jesus deals with Jairus. He heals her daughter as he's going from point A to B. When he gets to B, he heals her in between the woman with the internal bleeding. And then he does all these other miracles before then. In chapter 6, he's going to go into his hometown. He had to be so excited. Now remember, this is God the Son. He doesn't deal with pride like you and I do. If we were going back to our hard hometown and we made it big, we'd be like, yeah, everybody's going to think, wow, he made it big. Jesus isn't a narcissist. That's not happening. With Jesus, he's thinking, I know these people. I love these people. I can help these people connect with God. And he's excited about doing the same thing he did other places with his hometown. These are people that played Sandlot football with him. These are people he redid the cabinets in their kitchen. These are people that knew him. They grew up with him. And so he's really excited. And whenever Jesus went into a town, the first thing he'd do is he'd go into a synagogue and he'd grab the scriptures. And historians tell us uh, he read the same scripture first in every place he went. Here's the scripture he read. It was out of Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to heal the sick and to deliver everybody that's oppressed by the enemy, the devil. And he would read that. And then he'd say, this day is that scripture fulfilled in your ears. He did it everywhere he went. So he does it in his hometown. And, and, and notice the reaction. Verse 3, Mark 6. They, they, and then they scoffed. He is just a carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. And Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives in his own family. 
couple things here. This is amazing stuff, and wait till you see what we read next. But I grew up in, in, in Trumbull County. Uh, I went through parochial schools. I went to JFK for three years, and then my senior year I transferred to Howland because I was tired of wearing dress clothes, and I could wear jeans and T-shirts. So I finished up at Howland my senior year, and this was my hometown. I went to Bible school and came back because God really dealt with my heart. Go back to Trumbull County and start a church in the Mahoning Valley. And the first 10 years were really difficult. I mean, the church grew, but I had to overcome what Jesus is dealing with here. That's Joe. Man, I played football with Joe. I know Joe. I heard some jokes Joe shared or whatever it is. I got high with Joe. Whatever it is, people are like, oh, I don't know about you, Joe. When we hit the 10-year mark, it was like I got to the top of the hill, and then being from here was a benefit. It actually helped. But I know what Jesus is going through. But here's, here's what you want to see, verse 3. They can only see him as a man. They can't see him as God. They can't see him as a healer. When the woman with the internal bleeding, when she heard he was a healer, she believed it. Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, he said, he's a healer. My daughter's sick. I'm going to go get him. They don't see him as a healer. And I want you to see what it did. The Jesus you know is the Jesus that shows. Take a look at verse 5. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then Jesus went from village to village teaching the people. Now, I want you to notice, you can look at any translation, it will, it will say the same thing. It, it doesn't, doesn't say because of their unbelief he was ticked and decided, I'm not healing anybody here. You and I might have felt that way, but, but no, it says he couldn't do any great miracles there. And it says he laid his hands on a few sick people. Greek scholars tell us sick people can be translated people with minor ailments, headaches, things like that. And that's all he could do because of their unbelief. And so take a look. The Jesus they knew, the carpenter, is the Jesus that showed. He could, do, he could have made them some kitchen cabinets. Yeah, he could have done that. That's it. They limited what God could do, but yet God's sovereign. But see, God, as a sovereign God, sets up boundaries, and he says, hey, here's, here's how I'm going to answer your prayers. Here's how I'm going to do just great things in your life. Believe in me. Believe what I promised. And that's why we're teaching start so you can escape normal. And I want to make you understand that the Jesus you know is the Jesus that shows. And so that's why I'm taking some time and making sure we understand that before we walk out today. We're going to have an incredible time as we continue on. Now, this happened again. And the, the next time it happens is with religious leaders like me. These are, these are the pastors of the day. And uh, they came from all over Israel, and uh, they're going to have a pastor's conference. And I go to a lot of pastor's conference. I teach at them. I'll be teaching at one in a week, but I won't miss weekend service. I'll do it during the week, but I'm going to go to Dallas to teach at a pastor's conference. And sometimes I go and just listen, and I'm the guy listening and learning. They're really fun. Well, Jesus is having a pastor's conference, guys. And, and uh, all these pastors are there. And they're in a house, and there's so many of them that no one else can get in the house. So that being said, take a look at this. Luke 5, 17. One day as he was teaching Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there. 
and the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Now we know historically these guys were my age and up that you know they wouldn't be in these positions till they were older. So they have to have some physical problems. I mean, their, their bodies are deteriorating. They have some problems. They need healed. There has to be quite a few of them that need healed. And I love what the Bible says. Jesus was there and he was ready to heal. God's power to heal was there. But I notice sometimes if you're in God a long time and they were in God a long time, sometimes we lose that simple faith. And these guys, they really lost that simple faith. But What's amazing is there's a young guy, he's new, he's not religious, he's not gone to seminary or Bible school. And listen to Luke 5, 18, the very next verse. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up to the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Verse 20 when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. And this guy got up and walked, by the way. But usually Jesus would say, get up and walk. Take your mat and go. He'd say, you're healed. But he looks at this guy and says, your sins are forgiven. He wants to teach us something. He wants to teach these pastors something. And he really blew their mind because they felt like only God can do this. And I think it's amazing this, this young kid, no Bible training at all, heard Jesus was a healer like the woman with the internal bleeding. And he said, I don't care how I get to him. Tear the roof off. Lower me down. Jesus can heal me. And the Jesus he knew is the Jesus that showed, guys. He showed up and did something great. But listen to verse 21. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins? but God. They could not see Jesus as God, the same as the people in his hometown. The Jesus you know is the Jesus that shows. And now I realize these guys are super religious, but I got to thinking about this in my own life. I noticed something, and, and, and there's been quite a few times in my life, every two, three years, God has to shake me because I become pharmaceutical. <laughs> and, and what I mean by pharmaceutical is it's like, um, you know, I've got to be good enough. I've got to be perfect. I've got to do everything right. And, and then God will answer my prayer. We, we sometimes begin to think that way. And I'll watch new Christians come, people that are brand new Christians. And I'll watch God heal them. I'll watch God answer their prayers like this. And I say, Lord, they're still smoking. Some of them are more token. And Lord, this is crazy. How can you heal these people? They don't do this. They don't pray as much as me. And we become pharmaceutical. Maybe some of you have stumbled into that area. And our faith is no longer simple. I'm not saying we shouldn't strive to grow and be holy. But our attitude is complicated faith. And this guy had simple faith, guys. And I watch new Christians come all, up all the time with this simple faith. And it's amazing to see the miracles God does. I mean, they'll pull the tiles off and they'll, they'll lower someone down. They believe God can do what the Bible says. And, and so I have to shake myself and say, next time I read a promise, I'm going to believe it. I'm not going to put a but and a this and a, well, if I do that, I'm going to just believe what God said. She heard about Jesus and she said, if I touch him, I'll be made whole. He heard about Jesus and said, if I can just get near him, this, this Jesus will help me. And he did. And the pharmaceutical guys are like, well... He didn't tithe, or he didn't do this, or he didn't do that. God can't do anything for him. And 
You and I want to grow and make sure that's not us. But here's what else we learned in this text. The Jesus you know is the Jesus to show. None of them received a healing. This guy did. He believed him. So I want to close out with this thought, guys. I want to show you two things you need to always know about God. And then I have extra things in the PowerPoint that I won't go through today. But if you go online on our website, you can see that everything on PowerPoint is going to be there, all the extra scriptures. And then if you have our BC app on one of your smartphones or iPads, uh, it's all in there. As a matter of fact, you can, bring, you can bring this in with you. You can bring the PowerPoint. It's already there before church starts. And so you could actually come and have all that on your smart device if you want to. So uh, when we're all done today and next week, before, before next weekend, you, you can meditate on these incredible scriptures about God. But here's two things I want to show you that God, you have to know about God. The first one is what God will never do to you. So you ready? And, and, and I, I highlighted this, titled it, Jesus Redeemed Christians from the Curse of the Law. And some of you that have been in God, you know what that means. And some of you are sitting here saying, what is that? So I'm, I'm going to help you understand it. It's really cool. And I'll do it real quick. It's real simple. Listen to Galatians 3.13 and 14. But Christ has rescued or redeemed us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse and, and I love this, for our wrongdoing, for it is written in the scripture, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles. That's non-Jews. So if you're not Jewish, the Bible says God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessings he promised to Abraham. That's the first Jew. He was the first Jew. So the same promises God made to the first Jew, he made to every one of us that accept Jesus as our Savior so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. So uh, if you're a Christian, God has blessed you with all of Abraham's blessings, and he also has made it so the Holy Spirit can come in you, and you received him, and you guys, if you accepted Christ, that's something you've received. It's absolutely incredible. But here's what I want you to see. You are redeemed or freed from the curse of the law. The curse of the law kind of goes like this. Here's what you need to do, and here's what you better not do. This is the law of Moses in our Old Testament. And if you do what you're not supposed to or you don't do what you're supposed to, curses will come on you. And these curses were aggressive. They would chase them down and jump on them. You know, because life is cursed. We're already living in a cursed world, right? Because, uh, you know, we can get sick even no matter what. I mean, we can have financial problems no matter what. Relationships can break up no matter what. We live on a cursed earth, but this is aggressive. This is these things chasing you down. So let me help you understand it. Deuteronomy 28, verse 15 it says, but if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey all the commands and decrees I am giving you today, all these curses will come and overwhelm you. They'll hunt you down. Now the curses are verses 16 and 68, and I spared you. I'm not going to read those to you today, but I'll tell you what they are. You ready? Three categories. One is bondage, being taken captive, and it could be being taken captive in any area, being, being, being captive to something whether it's sin or something else. The second one is sickness, and the third one is poverty. And God said, this is Moses, this is the Jews before Jesus, this is the law of Moses. He said, guys, if you do everything I say, I'll bless you. If you don't do what I told you, these curses will hunt you down. So we're redeemed from that. How many of you can say, yay? Can we just give them a yay clap? Yay! <laughs> ha! Now, what does that mean? Can I translate it? That means if you do something wrong, God's not going to bring something bad into your life. 
It's that simple. And, and you need to know that. When you have a problem, if you think God brought it, you're not going to ask him to take it because he brought it. Why would he take it if he brought it? You, you have to know that it didn't come from God. It might have came because you live on a cursed earth. It, it might have came because of another reason, but it wasn't God who brought that into your life. And that is really, really important to understand. Now, I, I taught this last night, and, and a guy came up after service teasing me. He said, so are you saying that I can do anything I want and God, God, God won't care? I said, no. I said, he won't bring curses on you when you do things wrong. We still have to repent and make things right with God, and we still go to the judgment seat of Christ to be judged for how we live. But I don't know about you. I'm not perfect, and I'm glad when I make a mistake, God isn't saying, sick him, devil. Go get him. Mess his life up. Pursue him. Jump on him. Wreck him. Ruin him. Aren't you glad that's not happening? I am. I am. Now, here's what I want you to know about God, and I just chose one scripture. Remember, you can look at the, uh, all the scriptures that are underneath this on, on, on one of those devices and see it. But listen to Psalm 103, verse 1. David's going through a tough time, and he says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. So he's telling his mind, his will, and his emotions, hey, God's a good God, even though you're going through tough times. And he goes on and says, verse 2, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So if you're a Christian, God has benefits for you. And, and it says in verse 2, or verse 3, Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Can we say this about the verses up there? that they're all good. <laughs> God forgives us. I'm glad. Are you glad he forgives all your sins? I really am. Are you glad he heals our, all of our diseases? He, he's a healer. Uh, the Jesus you know is the Jesus who shows. And, and, and you need to know he wants to heal you. And I have all kinds of scriptures about healing and, 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 and God helping you financially and God uh, setting you free from, from things you're trapped in. Uh, it's wonderful. So Part of your assignment is check that out. Let me tell you a story. Uh, my nephew, Michael, just turned 32. And uh, he's my brother, Mike, and Barb's his wife, uh, their son. When he was born, he was born with over half of his intestines outside of his body. They had him at, you know, specialty hospital after that. And the doctors came and told my brother, Mike, they said, hey, um, we can sew him up, but the first time he cries, it's going to explode. He's just going to die as soon as he cries. And they said, plus it will become infected. Uh, your son will die. Do you want us to operate? That's crazy news. And uh, Mike and Barb said, yeah, we're going to pray. They said, it doesn't matter. He's going to die. Sooner or later, they said, we're going to pray. Do, do the surgery. And here's one thing Michael knew. Jesus, you know, is the Jesus that shows. Michael knew God wasn't punishing him and Barb because they did something bad or they did something wrong or they weren't perfect Christians. He knew that. So, so he knew this wasn't God's punishment on him. That's important, guys. And he also knew Jesus was a healer. And he realized, you know what? I, I can't guarantee God's going to heal him and he's going to be okay, but I'm going to at least start. <laughs> I'm going to pray, and I'm going to make a connection with heaven through prayer. And him and Barb prayed, and they just said, Jesus, we ask you to heal our son. And so he went into surgery, 
And they did everything they, they needed to do. And guess what? He cried. Nothing happened. No infection. He's 32. He's a strapping young man. And he has a benefit over all of us. God even brought a blessing into his life because Michael doesn't have a belly button because of the surgery. So you know how that lint gets caught sometimes in your belly button? <laughs> he doesn't have to worry about that ever. <laughs> God can make lemonade out of lemons all the time. Now, guys, here's why I share that story. It, it's a story of hope. What if they knew Jesus as the Jesus that punishes us because we did something wrong? What if they lost all hope? What if they didn't know Jesus healed people? The Jesus you know is the Jesus that shows. And that being said, can we close our eyes and can we pray? Let's just pray. Lord, I, I did my best to bring out an incredible part of the Bible. And Lord, I realized that people like I was in my younger days, we've all, we've all made mistakes with faith. And, but Lord, it's in the Bible and it's so incredible. Some of us here have prayed and not received answers, and some of us have serious problems with us, our kids, and our loved ones, and, and Lord, it's just good to know that we can connect with you at some level in every one of those circumstances. And so as we go through this week, as we get online and read some of these scriptures, Lord, help us see the Jesus of the Bible. Help us see what the woman saw with the internal bleeding. Help us see what Jairus saw. Help us see what the paralytic boy saw, Lord. And would you just let them know, hey, open up my eyes. Would you tell them, open up my eyes, Jesus. Tell them as I read scriptures this week, open up my eyes. And Lord, I ask you to put a hunger in all of us for Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospel. So we weren't there with Jesus, but we can read about it. <laughs> and, and Father, thank you for helping us get to know the Jesus of the Bible who's not a Jesus bringing cursings into our life. and He's the God who heals and forgives and redeems and pulls us out of pits. And Lord, thank you for doing that in all of our lives. Can we continue to pray just for a moment? How about we bow our heads for a minute? Our eyes are closed and let's stay in an attitude of prayer. Maybe you walked in here today and you haven't started escaping normal from the first problem. We were all born with sin, guys, and we're sin-stained because of Adam and Eve's sin, and that's why Jesus came. That's the number one reason he came, man. He came to set us free from sin. And he died on a cross, and God put our sins on him, and he was buried, and he spent three days, three nights in the heart of the earth, and God raised him up from the dead. He's alive, he's alive, he's alive. Jesus said this, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to God, to heaven, unless they come through me. Jesus said this too, man. He said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. Now, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Guys, if you grew up in America, you probably know about church. You probably heard about Jesus, at least through Christmas and, and Easter time. And it's one thing to know who he is. It's another thing to make it personal. Personal is different. Where you see him as the Messiah and you personally say, Jesus, today... I'm receiving you as my Savior, and I decide to follow you. That's, that's what I did when I was 19. That changed everything. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, man. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I believe what Jesus did, and I believe that he's my Savior, and I'm ready today to make it personal. If that's you, would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, would, would you just 
say the same prayer to help them. If you're praying it for the first time, simply mean it. Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I make it personal. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. You died for me. You were buried, and God raised you up out of the grave. And today, I receive you as my Savior, and I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Connecting Place podcast. For more information about Believer's Church, visit believers.cc.